the Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Worldview Media Podcast, where Gordon and Joyce Runyon view popular media through the lens of the biblical five-point covenant model to help believers appreciate and apply principles of exciting narrative and engaging storytelling. Coming to you live from a poorly constructed three-story squid tank. <laughs> it's the Worldview Media Podcast. A squid tank. Is this a Navy show? <laughs> <laughs> this is not a Navy show. Just curious. <laughs> uh, my name, for anyone who is interested, is Gordon Runyon. Hello, Gordon. Although many people call me Big Shooter. Sure. <laughs> and this is my co-host, Miss Joyce. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Big Shooter? Uh, well, I'm doing good. See, I told you. <laughs> many people. <laughs> yeah, they call me that. <clears throat> they call me that. Yeah. All right, so... Here on the old Worldview Media Podcast, we review media Yes. for Worldview content. Usually in the uh, film, video. Yeah, let's do that again. Okay. All right, so the movie, <laughs> the movie that we're talking about is called Sing. Sing, yes. It's animated? Computer animated, right? Kind of like uh, Toy Story, that kind of thing. It's not a cartoon. Well, I don't know if anything is not computer animated anymore. Well, yeah, but this was 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they weren't drawing this one out. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> right. And so, let's talk about the overall, what is this movie about? It is a... It's a movie where all the citizens of New York City are, for some reason, animals. They are. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I mean like zoo, <clears throat> zoological animals. And so the movie centers on this guy, Mr. Moon, mm -hmm. and he's a koala bear. He's a koala voiced by Matthew McConaughey. Yes. And really, I don't know, I felt like the first scene where he's talking was the only time I thought it really sounded like Matthew McConaughey. I think when I just heard him talking, before all the characters came in, you know, I heard the voice, recognized it, and I said, ah, yeah. Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, is he just going to do an intro? Is he a character? Who is he? But it was very distinct. And yet, I don't think the koala really looked like him. You know, which I was kind no, of right. disappointed that is about. True. That, that is you true. know, normally in the animated programs, that they take some of the features or characteristics and kind of impose them That's upon right. the critter. And I, I don't think, I don't no, think I that don't. happened. <laughs> well, I think it was throughout the show. There was nothing recognizable like that. Yeah. Uh. Well, uh, since we're talking about the animation and the voicing, they had other famous people mm. voicing the characters. Scarlett Johansson. Yes, was the porcupine. And 
I think one thing that I noticed watching it is that aside from Matthew McConaughey, there were there was nobody's voice that was terribly recognizable. I mean, if you hadn't told me that that was Scarlett Johansson, I wouldn't have. You wouldn't have said Scarlett no. Johansson, right? Yeah. Well, and I think the the pig, Rosita. <laughs> yeah, Rosita the pig was. Who? Uh, Reese Witherspoon. Oh, see, I wouldn't have ever got that. But then that, then if you're gonna try to make the character look like the person doing the voicing, mm-hmm. how do you make a, how do you make a pig look like Reese Reese Witherspoon? Disney has done it. <laughs> well, I guess. <laughs> it's what I know. Is you know they usually, they do it. I don't know how they do it, but they yeah. they seem to catch something of the person and put it in the character. Right, and so, and expressions and stuff yeah. like that. So the voice actor actually winds up imparting something in terms of the expressions. Yeah. And that didn't happen in this movie at all. I don't it think so. It didn't feel like it anyway. I think it was um, a little bit more flat, maybe. Yeah. And I, who, what studio was yeah, saying it? Yeah, uh, Illumination or something? I don't I, know who they were. Yeah, I couldn't even tell you. But anyway, Matthew McConaughey's guy, the koala bear, Mr. Moon, is the owner of a, I guess it's a Broadway theater. It's a theater, yes. When it, And it had its heyday probably in the 1920s, 30s? Uh, probably so. Probably 30s, 40s. And so his backstory is that as a young child, he was there for something that happened at the theater and something about it really caught his imagination and he was enthralled by it and he eventually bought the theater Mm -hmm. and made plays and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. I guess all of his stuff bombed and was not quite as successful as he had hoped right now he's struggling for money the bank's after him for back payments and yeah and he's doing everything he can to avoid one last show in him to hopefully bail him out they got the plot from numerous episodes of The Little Rascals way back in the day where they decide that what they're going to do is they're going to have like a community talent show. Mm-hmm. And only it's built as a singing competition where you're going to win a whole bunch of money. It was supposed to be $1,000. Oh, and, and the secretary messed it up and put $100,000. Yeah. Yeah, and so... He was, so the qual bear, Mr. Moon, winds up having to keep this ruse going for as long as he can. Yeah. With both the people that are coming in to be in the show and with everybody else that's All around. of his connections, Customers. Yeah. Creditors. And so possible. a lot of the movie then follows mm-hmm. the main characters that are coming in to do the competition. Mm-hmm. And we get to see some of their backstory and yeah, and what's going on with them, and uh, pretty wildly variant in their backstories. Yeah, it's a diverse section of people. Right, right. Cross section. Diverse cross section of zoological New York City. <laughs> yes. And I, you know, I know that there were times when they tried to. The whole point was that you're going to suddenly bring out these magical singers who really are able to resurrect the theater as a whole just because of how good they are singing. Uh, I don't think that was it. Oh. 
Well, I, don't think that's I guess I'm just do. saying I wasn't blown away by the singing. I think they just said, you know, we're here, we've worked on this, let's just do this. Right. And, but, you know, they weren't charging people to come in, there wasn't any prize money anymore. Yeah, but don't you think switched. that was part of the the motif of the movie is that it's a musical and at some point we're going to break out some really awesome singing. Wouldn't that be part of what was going on? Or Well, it is called Sing. <laughs> yeah, so you would think that the singing would be featured and it would be really great. And I just didn't get that sense. I felt like you could watch like a American Idol semifinal and get better singing than what was in that movie. It was all right. You know, the scene was, it was okay. It's probably not any worse than anything that's on the radio anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably you know, right. So in comparison to that, I wouldn't say it was, you know, they were right. horrible or terrible. It was uh, the little audition scenes were kind of fun to see the different groups get up there and how he decided on who he picked. Right. I kind right. of didn't understand exactly. No, right, right. <laughs> and it was just him doing all this decision making, so. Okay, so let me ask you, uh, overall, what kind of grade would you give scenes? You know, I really wanted to like it more than I did. It's an animated thing. It should be cute. It seems like it's got a good premise to it. And it's all right. But, uh... That's all it is. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. There's nothing, uh, terrible in there. I don't think there's, like, really... Well, maybe I do. (laughs) (laughs) But there's not extreme violence. There's not a lot of... You know, it's just kind of... Kind of flat. (laughs) It's very family-friendly and all that, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I felt like it. I felt like it was reasonable to think that it was going to be quite a bit better than it actually yeah. was, and it wasn't terrible, but it just it wasn't as good as. Feel like you were expecting more. Yeah. 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 Isn't that always the case? I was expecting a little more. <laughs> <laughs> You're a discerning consumer. That's well, what it amounts to. I guess. I don't know. So what did you give it? Like a B minus. <sighs> it probably it's it's just kind of an average movie. Yeah. And so an average movie right. is not a B minus. Right, it's a C plus or something like yeah, that. Or C probably. You know, it's okay. I won't buy it. I won't if it's on somewhere and there's absolutely nothing else on, yeah, I might put it on that channel. <laughs> oh, boy. But it's not I don't think I would give it a C. I would not want to watch it again. I wouldn't even want it. Well, I did say I would. Well, I mean, I wouldn't even want it on his background or anything like that. Well, there you go. You know, give me, like, aliens as background. (laughs) (laughs) you got to be careful who's around when you have aliens on his background. (laughs) (laughs) Right, but that'll keep your blood pumping, though. All right, so... The other question I was going to ask you, and I might be catching you off guard here. If you were the talent judge, Mm -hmm. what's your favorite act that they came out with and why? My favorite act. You know, I thought there were some that were better that didn't actually make the cut, like the snail. Oh, the snail. I thought he was really 
pretty cute, you know, with song and what he's saying and sitting on the microphone. And I'm surprised that the little mouse made it. Yeah. Because he just seemed really kind of snarky and full of himself, you know. Um, so I was... And he's also very old school with what he sings. He's a crooner. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not contemporary. It's not... Uh, I don't know how people feel about that stuff. And it's not like a contemporary artist doing their own music that kind of sounds like that. It, he was actually doing the old classics. Right. And uh, I know that the guy wanted the giraffe and then decided not to just because he was too tall and would be hard, hard to Hard to communicate yeah. with him. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like... And then what, was it the... The monkey that was having... It was a bull. And I thought he was okay, too. But he didn't make it either. <laughs> there, was, there was no really incredible act that I would have been like, Oh, yeah, you should make it. Even the ones that made it. I was like... I mean, they were okay. Yeah. 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 I think I wound up liking the little Japanese marsupials. I'm not sure what they were. I thought they were raccoons. Were they raccoons? I thought they were. They were really cute. They were the best. Of course, you didn't know what they were singing. Or, no, no, and they didn't know anything. They just looked happy. <laughs> right, that was what I liked about them. They were just, they were oblivious, and they were. And you know, happy. that's really kind of like how the girl groups are. <laughs> <laughs> right. I went to a thing with Jordan before she graduated, and it was a multicultural event banquet, and they actually had some little Japanese girls. Oh. That got up and, and was doing songs just like that, and, you know, the little dance and the little spirits, right. and very happy and smiley. And so it just, I remembered that <laughs> moment looking at the movie. So it was kind of fun. That's funny. Okay, so the movie then goes on. They, in the middle of previewing the show, in the hopes of impressing a financial donor who would underwrite everything. Mm hmm. Disaster strikes. Because mm. he wanted to make it so magical. Right. He went overboard. He went overboard. He went... He did it... He's stealing electricity without, yeah, and water. And, without really maybe yeah. having the best plan to build this thing. Nobody knows people like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. And so it winds up destroying the whole theater. Yeah. And then they get a brainwave and decide we're going to have the show anyway. Well, it's the contestants. It's the yeah, cast. That they comes all get and together says. and decide we still want to have the show even though there's no money and and there's no real theater. Now it's just kind of an open air theater. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the side walls of the other buildings. Yeah, so let's go ahead and do it anyway. And they do, and it's a huge success. And local media shows up to televise everything. Well, they show up to say, this is so ridiculous, and they're like, hey, this is really good. Yeah, listen to all this great singing. Yep. Yeah. And pretty much that saves the day, because then the the wealthy benefactor woman decides that she will underwrite it, and she will help the guy rebuild the theater. Mm -hmm. And so instead of the moon theater, now it's the new moon theater and and that's kind of where everything leaves off the mm -hmm. ribbon cutting for the new moon theater and yeah. maybe, maybe he's brought the magic more. back yeah well All that's right. what Carmen said it seems like it wasn't really the end it seemed like there should be something to follow so <laughs> well, well let's see. hope not <laughs> maybe it'll be better I don't know 
It's not the usual, but it can happen. It was the thing, you know what, they could have used a hand from Lin-Manuel Manuel. Lin-Manuel Miranda? Lin-Manuel Manuel. Lin-Manuel Miranda. I think that's right. Jordan is the only one that can say for sure. Yeah, Lin... What's his name? Lin-Manuel. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yes. Well, I can't say it, but he'd have been good in that show. They needed He was probably busy. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, now that we've uh, discussed the movie overall, where it goes and what it's like and what we liked and didn't like about it, we'll take a break and come back and try to talk about some more worldview sorts of issues. So we'll be right back. Are you interested in Christian education? Would you like to learn how to be a Christian teacher or how to run your very own Christian school with success? The GCS Apprenticeship Program can help. Learn more on our website at gcsapprenticeship.com. And we're back, Worldview Media Podcast. Proud to be a part of the Reconstructionist Radio Reformed Podcast Network. Your one-stop shop for all your audio dominionizing needs. Ah, there it is. That's the place for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's always the place for it. Okay, so we're talking about seeing. Yes. And let's talk about just what sorts of overall messages or... Are there moral dilemmas that you think of, or what's the overall ethic that's being promoted in the show, or just any sorts of questions like that? You got anything? Well, it seems to me that it's really kind of stressing the, you know, live your dream, make your dream your reality. And you see that in the characters, uh, you know, they're really, they're all in terrible circumstances. Right. You know, the, right. the gorilla has... His dad's the head of a gang, and they rob people, <laughs> right. and, yeah. you know, he's going to get drugged into this lifestyle that he doesn't really want just because that's what they do. Right. And the little mouse guy is, uh, you know, working on the sidewalks and trying to make money and, yeah. you know, scraping by when he's so talented, and he should be able to do more. And um, you see the little elephant girl, and she's kind of... You know, she's too shy. Crushing shyness. Yeah, she just can't. Yeah. She can't get over herself in order to, to be herself. And you have a little porcupine that's you know in this bad relationship with a guy who doesn't appreciate her. <laughs> <laughs> with another porcupine who just thinks about himself. Was the re- relationship prickly? Would you I say? think it was. It was a, okay. I think it was, and then. You we have don't have the, a laugh the track pig. that we can just <laughs> Surely you can find one and <laughs> plug it in. <laughs> uh, but the one I think that bothered me the most was Rosita the pig. Okay. Because... It bothered you. Why? Well, because she's a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And she's really... I mean, she's got like a thousand kids like pigs do, I suppose. I mean, they can have a lot of kids. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and she's just kind of invisible to them. Yeah. You know, they... She does her job. She does all these things. She does them well. And so long as these things get done, 
nobody notices that she's not there or she is there and it's you know it, it's right. the same with her husband too that they just all and so that's her bad situation that she's in where she's in a place that um, nobody appreciates the work she does nobody sees her as being important you know she is just a housewife yeah yeah like that's a horrible thing yeah right well it was horrible in her situation I mean she seemed to genuinely I mean, she really cared she about her, her family well and the kids and her husband. And, yeah. But she just... She wasn't treated well. No. She wasn't appreciated, for sure. Okay. Well, that's interesting that you would come up with that because studying for the sermon that I have to preach on Sunday, I was just meditating on the fact that when, when people in the world understand that the world is unfair and that everybody everybody suffers and mm-hmm. has to go through times of suffering uh, the Bible tells us that we're supposed to seek to be strengthened with God's might mm-hmm. so that we can be empowered to persevere in patience and long suffering we can be more than conquerors through mm-hmm. Christ and so that's what the Bible tells us but when the world faces those same situations there's really only one of two ways that they go mm-hmm. and and the one that's more common is to harden in self-interest and complaining and demanding justice yeah complaining uh, kind of rejoicing in a victim role or something like that and if that continues and goes to its logical end, I think then you get people uh, reaching out to things just for the sake of trying to dull the pain or yeah. or uh, make it... The addiction? Network. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, and so that's one... That's a pretty common, natural way of dealing with suffering and it's completely inadequate right but yeah but then on the other hand the world also has this ideal which they think is higher which is the whole kind of believe in yourself set your goals and persevere don't let anything stop you and so it's where the other one is kind of knuckling under to the things that are oppressing you the other humanistic way of dealing with it is to just take it as a challenge and prove that you yourself are better and stronger than whatever your situation is Mm -hmm. and and i don't think that works very well and almost every time that it does work the person that it happens to winds up being famous and so all the you're like, yeah. All the famous people <laughs> kind of have the same story, that they just were fanatics about what they were doing. They were passionate about whatever their one goal was, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't be denied, and they worked hard. And there's some there's some uh, image of God in that, and there's some just the way God created humans. You know, before before God scattered them at the Tower of Babel, the testimony of the Lord was that, nothing will be withheld from them whatever mm-hmm. they put their mind to they'll, yeah. they'll be able to do it and so there's something about just the way God created people that if we do put our minds to things and just refuse to be denied uh, humanity can get a lot of stuff done uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I, I think I was just talking to one of the girls, I think, about um, Star Trek. And all of these things that they just thought of. Hey, wouldn't this be cool if we had right. this tricorder that could, like, right. check your, your stats and see if you're healthy? <laughs> right. And these little communication devices that are, and, you know, yeah. and we have done those things. And it was just because somebody said, hey, wouldn't this be kind of cool yeah, if right, we could right. do this? And so, yeah, yeah. You know, I totally see that. Yeah, and, and, and so I think that the world recognizes that knuckling under and becoming a victim and an addict and bitter, mm-hmm. I think that's generally seen as probably not the best way to go. But the other option then is this whole, you'll, you'll show them, you'll muscle through and, and you'll prove you're stronger than whatever it is that's against you. But a lot of things out there are way stronger than any yeah. person is. And, and, well, you can and so the number of people who can really become terribly successful based on just muscling through is kind of a small remnant. And so you almost see then kids' shows and stuff like that, they're very much into preaching this thing about believe in yourself, set your goals, don't let anything stop you, don't take no for an answer. Mm -hmm. That's a whole life ethic for an unbelieving world. Now, there's some good in that. I think the scripture would have us uh, would have us not be deterred by you know, bad contrary circumstances and closed doors. We're still supposed to try to open those doors and move forward and and just because we get a no answer or we fail, we're supposed to, you know, the righteous man falls seven times and gets back up and keeps going. And, yeah. And so there is there is real wisdom in that, but <clears throat> the world wants to divorce that from faith in God. Yeah. <clears throat> so I thought that was really interesting that that seems to be the ethic of the whole movie. Mm. You saw you saw that right in yeah. terms of. Like you said, all these characters are coming from bad situations. And mm-hmm. Can they muster up something within themselves that allows them to overcome it? Uh, the other, the other kind of prominent message that I saw was with the Moon character. The whole issue was the fact that he began his career with because of a passion. And because of being, his imagination being captivated by the things that he saw and wanting to be involved in that and, mm-hmm. and to do it well. And somewhere along the line, uh, financial considerations became more than just the realities of doing business, but they became like the only consideration, you know. And as his efforts to create the magic consistently failed, now he can't worry about creating the magic. He just has to worry about where his next bit of money is coming from. And so the financial consideration takes over the whole creative consideration. And I, his arc then, through the destruction of everything and the loss of everything and the loss of even the ability to think he might be able to get it back, mm-hmm. through all of that, he's restored to this place where now really all he wants to do again is create that magical experience for customers and stuff and I almost felt like there was a theme of uh, losing your dream seeing your dream die and then almost a resurrection of that passion 
and that that was seen as a good thing and and kind of that's echoed then in all these characters that you have to have this passion that will cause you to transcend your whatever your rut happens to be and I thought that was kind of interesting you know I've been thinking for a while that uh, yes Christians should be good employees and they should be the sought out employees in the workplace mm-hmm. but it's it would be like a thousand times better if Christians withdrew from the workplace and became the owners you know and <laughs> And, and became entrepreneurs and began to began to monetize their own callings and their own passions under God, and uh, that'd be a real great way of extending the kingdom, I think. And, and and so I almost feel like there's there's a message that kind of goes in that direction in seeing, but you almost have to sit back and contemplate it for a while and yeah. before you see that. Well, and I think the problem with with what you said is that so many Christians think well this limited market or ideas are something that I can say this is a Christian thing for me to do you know and is owning a restaurant a Christian business you know if I'm going to be a Christian business owner does that mean it has to be like a coffee shop or a where they do Christian stuff, or does it have to be a bookstore? Mm-hmm. And, and the we we should shout that the answer is no, not at all. Yeah, you can have a Christian gas station. It doesn't mean you have to paint scripture verses on the pumps or something. It it just means you you run your business as a believer and with utmost integrity and standing as a witness for Christ. And uh, we've talked about that before. And, Martin Luther with the little crosses on the shoes. Yeah. Yeah. So I and then well, I I understand what you're saying, but I think too that it's not just being a person of integrity who owns a business. I mean, I think you actually have to put some actions and some words out there that this is why I'm this person of integrity. This is why I do business this way, and not just assume that people will think. Well, look, they run their business really above board. The, how unusual, you know. You're saying you might have to use words to preach the gospel? <laughs> well, Is I that just what want you're to saying? make sure that, you know, actions speak yeah, pretty yeah. loudly. But they do need but to be joined be with the truth. But they can be misconstrued with yeah. how, you know, people's perspectives will take actions and uh, skew them how they will. <laughs> you're right. You're right. So I agree with that. Okay, let's see what else. Was there any other thing that you had in mind? Uh, well, I think, again, like I said with the with the Rosita one, you know, that, that they came to watch the show, and it wasn't until after she performed that they were all like, wow, that's my mom, you know, right. that's my wife. And, yeah. and uh, so I just kind of thought that was a sad... <laughs> right. What if you're a mom who can't sing like that and get up on stage? Yeah, yeah I mean, right. so uh, it seems like it's kind of a, oh, you're a mom. Huh. Well, good luck to you. <laughs> right. Sorry. <laughs> That's yeah. all you are. Sorry you don't have a real job. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I thought there was something, too. There's an interesting dynamic between the gorilla and his gang family yeah his dad because 
there really are people that are struggling with the idea of how to balance trying to live as a Christian and dealing with non-Christian ideas coming from your parents because you've got the command telling you to uh, honor your father and your mother mm-hmm. and and you've got Christ telling you that this is what I want you to do and sometimes that can get sticky and and, and you know sometimes the right answer is well honor your father and your mother and trust that God sees what your intentions are and stuff like that but it that but can he never also be, calls people out of sure that, place, that can know? never be a, an excuse for disobedience to God mm-hmm. but uh, you know it, it does get tricky though if uh, if you're trying to live as a Christian and you're trying to do say uh, abortion abolition activism or something like that and mm. so you're a teenager who's wanting to be involved in this and your Christian parents who are not abolitionists they tell you no don't do that that's fanatical and and you can't be involved in that. Now what do you do? And I've seen people give the advice, well, honor your father and mother until you're out of their house and then go and do whatever you feel like you need to do. Well, I think that's a perfect time to have a conversation about why do you why do you feel <laughs> sure. this way? You right, know? Right. Show me where I shouldn't be doing this, where this shouldn't be a concern or yeah, you right. know um, Absolutely always we have to ultimately go back to scripture for yeah, whatever we're doing for sure and if it's not there there's a reason <laughs> <laughs> right you know well and it kind of goes back to a pet peeve of mine i think we all understand even even that relationship that's commanded in the ten commandments you shall deal this way with your mother and your father mm-hmm. even that one i don't think anybody would suggest that that means you do whatever they tell you. Yeah. But well, I also remember the one that says you need to leave their home. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you do need to leave. Yeah, for sure. And you start your own place and you call it good. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But see, nobody questions that there are limits to even parental authority. And my pet peeve is that, well, then as soon as you start talking about government authority. Now Christians want to act like the limits, they're even farther out than they are with yeah, your parents. Yeah, there are no limits. <laughs> uh, some make it sound like that. You know? yeah. Like you have to prove to them that maybe you shouldn't do everything the government says. That's just a pet peeve of mine. Well, it's a sad state of the church that they don't realize the position that the government is playing in so many sure. people's lives in our country yeah. today. And it's not just somebody who regulates stuff. There are people that provide you everything that you need. And so, you know, that's a, that's God's job. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, we could go on that tangent for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> I feel Romans 13 rising up within me. <laughs> and in case you're wondering what that means exactly, you could go on Amazon and find a book. By Gordon Runyon, <laughs> entitled. What is it entitled? I think we've both forgotten. Uh, Romans thirteen. <laughs> Resistance and, to tyrants. And maybe really read it. And right, think right. about it. What it says. <laughs> right, right. 
and uh, send them a message about what you think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be all right. I can ignore a message as well as anybody. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, well, so I do want to give a shout out to our girl Jordan. Out? To our girl Jordan. Uh, she's uh, in the big city of Las Vegas, New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> little Las Vegas. Little Las it. Vegas. And uh, uh, a friend of hers there from uh, Eastern. Aaron, so I want to say hello to both of you guys. It's nice to know that some people are out there listening that <laughs> I actually know. So, <laughs> All right. thanks for listening. We There's appreciate two. you guys. <laughs> well, that's it, ain't it? <laughs> he keeps telling me about all these people on Facebook that, oh, so-and-so says, I'm like, who, what? <laughs> so, we do appreciate you guys listening. Um, this is fun for the two of us to get together and talk about things and uh, we're just always happy that somebody else joins in with us so thank you <laughs> indeed we are uh, make sure feel free to send in your suggestions we've gotten a couple of good suggestions here recently and for movies and series that we can take a look at uh, we run out of ideas about what we should watch. Nothing. And we argue about others. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> Very few things look appetizing to both of us at the same time. Yeah. All right, so hit us up on Facebook. Until then, go out there and dominionize. Spread the kingdom in every way. Amen. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Worldview Media Podcast. Please visit reconstructionistradio.com to check out the other podcasts in our network and to download our free audiobooks.